Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, the podcast in which you ask questions. That's why it's in the middle there. Uh, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Should be right at the end because you do need to go to the fridge every time you're in Manhattan. I don't know what you're thinking. Go to the fridge. Like if you're out there and the protest goes a little bit later than you expected and you need a treat, I mean, you could go th- through a drive through and get an ice cream, or you get something delicious for your adult self at the fridge. I did the app the other night. I was sitting around. I'm like, oh, I only have like two Pacificos left or three Pacificos left, and what if I want to keep drinking? So I got on the app and pushed a few buttons and paid and drove two minutes to the fridge from my house and one minute as I put it into the back of my car and two minutes home, and, and my uh, my beer was full again. It was amazing. I spent less time buying liquor at the liquor store than you would wait on a beer at some bars. Get into the fridge or don't get in there. Just order on the app and they'll bring it out to you. It's a beautiful world. I'm ready to go to Tanner's. I'm just going to go. Screw it. Screw the Rona. I'm going to Tanner's. That's a good little slogan. Charlie, use that slogan. Screw the Rona. I'm going to Tanner's. I can't wait to get in there. Can't wait. Like nothing ever happened. Sit down at a bar, sit at my favorite table, and there is a Fitz table at Tanner's. Watch some sports, eat some potato skins because it's healthy, and uh, drink some cold stuff. There are segment sponsor Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gills Gilsbert. God dang it, I do it every time. Gilbert. <laughs> It's like my my little brain can't separate the two. Right here. Every time. I know. It's consistent. To answer your questions from Wabash Station. Now, this podcast is free, but the ability to ask questions on the podcast is reserved for our members. If you want to ask us stuff, you need to be on Wabash Station. Unless you ask us something really good on Twitter and we decide we want to answer it. But for the most part, you got to be on Wabash, and you uh, missed a heck of a sale. But, you know, it's just a good time to join Go Power Cat before football season's here because football season's coming. There will be football, and with that will come kick-ass coverage of your cats from Go Power Cat. We don't take breaks. We keep breaking it down. How was that, Zach? That was good. That was good. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah, I thought that was good. We don't take breaks. We keep breaking it down. Also, uh, and Gills does some break dancing. Gills, have you ever done break dancing? Like, 
Spin no, around, sir. Spin around on your back? No, sir. I find that disappointing. I don't know if you'll ever see me doing it, but we'll see. What 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 the heck is it the good to me to hire a 21-year-old if they can't pop some moves off? Man. <laughs> just, just sad. Zach, have you noticed right now in Manhattan you can't get anywhere? My wife was saying this. They have- yeah, it looks like college might even be cut off. I took some photos there um, of some of the construction that's taken place along college outside the soccer complex, the baseball stadium, and then even between gates one and three to the football stadium, you can't get in. Gate five is the only gate you can get into. Uh, if you haven't yet, check out the construction update we just posted to Go Power Cat. Got some photos of the construction on the south end zone and some of those other areas I talked about. Um, but yeah, you can't get anywhere. Kimball's ripped up. Um, where else? There, I noticed on Fort Riley Boulevard, you if you're going uh, westbound from the convention center, you literally have to. It's it's one lane traffic, but it goes from right to left to right within the span of less than a mile. Yeah, it's weird. That you're separated by. It's bizarre. It's like three separate. Three separate road projects that all combine into one little pathway. Of course, Bluemont's torn up in front of uh, Bluemont Hotel and by the new hotel going up across the street in the parking lot. Uh, yeah, I went yeah, I went to Aggieville a couple weeks ago, and I was surprised. Just There's this giant elevator shaft just poured, standing in Aggieville, towering over the rest of it. I'm like, whoa. Well, that's cool. Yeah, but the hotel seems to be going up. I think... I think the parking garage is really what was going up first. I think that that's. Yeah, I think there's. I don't want to, to say it's done. done, but but they've got that's clearly what they're working on first, and then the the hotel will come after that. And they also have uh, Claflin closed across campus. So, oh, and uh, oh. Manhattan. They now have the lower part. Oh, of yeah. Manhattan closed. You literally can't get around town right now. Yeah, Claflin and Manhattan. That intersection is dirt. Is it really? Five feet deep. Yeah. Wow. I tried going to, I was trying to go to Aggieville and I went down and it says road closed to through traffic. Or, and I'm like, uh, what? Because like I knew it was, it was closed. Manhattan, North Manhattan up that hill had been closed for like a year and a half and it finally opens up and now they've torn up that intersection. So I kind of go down through the fraternities and sororities that are back there, finally make my way towards Betrant to, get back onto manhattan um but yeah it's if you want to go anywhere in manhattan just don't stay home i agree don't leave your house stay at home and stay on goparacat.com listen to the podcast speaking of which we got some questions hopefully we got some answers but we do got a guy to read those questions and his name is zach starting us off as contra cat on a scale of one to five, rank the following: one being the least confidence, and five being the most confidence. Seven. Will we, will we play a full schedule? Uh, four. Four. Yeah, I'd say four two. Yeah, I'll say four. Hold on, you're saying four two, so you're saying six? No, four <laughs> as well. Oh, four. Four so also. Okay. Well, well, again, sorry, math. Uh, yeah, I. I want to say five, but there's always that, you know, I keep saying it. There's the virus is out there. Maybe something happens, but 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the four. I'm pretty darn confident they'll play 12 games. Uh, K-State matches or surpasses last year's win total. Gills? I'll go five. I think they'll at least get eight. Wow. I'm a four on this one. Well, I think I'm a four on it, too. Oh, there we go again. I think I'm going also with four. <laughs> yeah. Gills is, man, I think he's, he's all in. Well, it happens every year. It happened every year under, under Snyder. This is a you know got a new coach at Kansas yeah. State. Okay, I know, but really, this, what? Huh? I know, I know. It's crazy. It happened a year ago. <laughs> uh, the schedule's a little too brutal, I think, for for outright confidence in eight wins. I think maybe four might be a little strong for me. I might even say three. I was almost there. You know, and then I thought I can't be the outlier. Well, I'm the outlier now. Well, you're you're a positive outlier. That's different than being the negative outlier. Uh, will Skylar Thompson surpass his 2019 passing yardage by 50 yards per game on average, or at least 600 yards for the season? Three. So he only averaged 50 yards a game last year. No. He... No, he will average 50 more yards per game. Oh, so okay. he will have 600 more yards over the gotcha. course of the entire that's a, season. That's a lot of yards. Passing. I'm saying, I'm saying three. I think he'll improve his numbers. I don't know if he'll improve that much. I'd like I don't know. It. I want to go two and I want to go four, but I don't want to go three. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I've, when you break it down, 600 yards over the entire course of the season just seems doable. You know, it seems like a, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's a big increase, but. I think that he can find it. So, but will it happen? I don't know how confident I am that it's going to happen. I'll go four. I'll say it'll happen. So one for me. You don't think he will? I do not think he will. Okay. Based yeah. off of last season, I think he didn't really prove to us much that he can he can do that. So, I'm a one. I'm uh you know, the, the factor that nobody's putting into this is how good will they feel about the defense. I think they ran the ball a little bit more last year than maybe they would normally because they wanted to protect the defense a little bit and put them in really good positions. Will they take some more chances and maybe put the defense in bad positions? I'm not sure. I, I'll stick with my three. By golly. Number of true freshmen to play f more than four games, two or more. It's a lot of numbers there. Yeah, so uh, two or more freshmen will will burn their red shirt. That's what we're asking, right? Yeah, that's that's what. Uh, I'll go five. Don't ask me who they are, but they'll emerge. They'll figure out who they are. How many burned it last year? Youngblood? Deneen? Yeah. Somebody else? Was it just two? Youngblood, Deneen... Uh, yeah, I think they kept it too. I think that's right because they shut everyone else down on the defensive side. I think. Yeah, I think, I think I'll go five here. I think that two is very reasonable for to have freshmen burn their their four games. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Yeah, I'll go five. Okay. Big Twelve football first teamers, two or more. Ugh. I'm going to go one. I'll go two. Because uh, I think 
Wyatt Hubert, barring injury, is pretty much a lock. Um, Youngblood as a kick returner is pretty darn salty. So I'll go, actually I'll go three. I think I feel moderately confident they'll have two or more on the first team, all Big 12 team. I think that Wyatt Hubert is, you know, a lock. And I think that the talent level to be first team drops off quite a bit, at least what we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. So maybe someone will emerge, but I'm not terribly confident that someone will emerge to, to make that jump into the first team. You said it best. I'll go. Okay. I'll go two point five. Is that okay? Sure, we can make up the rules. Yeah, why not? It's literally fifty-fifty there, I guess. And then the last one from Contra Cat here: uh, How big will the drop-off be at punter? I guess. I guess that's not really a very good confidence question, but. But I think that there will be a significant. I'm confident that there will be a significant drop off in at punter. I would. I, I vote would one. Like, well, how does that work? Whatever. I, whatever says that there'll be a, there will be a drop off. Five or one, whatever was, it is. I was going to say five. I'm confident that there will be a large drop off in okay. punter. I'm five also. Did we do this wrong? Because there was. This is like the sixth thing he's asked. So. Were we supposed to go through those five and then say, hey, number five? No, yeah, the most I'm confident. so no? confused. Okay. You're thinking too much, Gills. Can you come back to me on this one? Ha! You want to you you phone a friend? Answered. You want to phone a friend? <laughs> you want to ask the audience? Line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Call up your buddy Tyler Lockett, huh? Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll, bet, get, right? we'll get to that. I'll go. Uh, <laughs> We will have a drop-off. That's my answer. Okay. okay. We all agree. No number. <laughs> no answer. It's too cold uh, for me. I quit. From, this question's from Concha Cat. Moving on from the – this is not the – Three. The scale. This is a real, Three. a real question. Okay. If <laughs> one player made the leap to first-team Big 12 status, who would you pick to be um, – that would benefit the team the most? So now we have to answer with the player's number. <laughs> oh, I'm so screwed on that. Um, <laughs> to benefit the team, Justin Hughes. Yeah, I that think. was that was my first instinct. How I about think. Riley Moore? Pop the guy yeah, answers in and maybe. pops up his first team All Big Twelve tight end. I mean, that would mean the offense is really kind of in the in system for what they want because they they want to throw it to the tight end more. Or Jacksonine at fullback or something, you know, whoever the fullback is yeah. gets first team because K-State's the only team that has a fullback. Like, yeah. uh, that's weird. You know, something like that. Yeah. I think I, I Justin Hughes is a good answer, though. Yeah. Gills, you have anything? Mm, Malik Knowles, maybe, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, if we're talking about first team selection, they'll help the team. It's Skylar Thompson. If he plays, yeah, if yeah. he plays at the level of first team All Big Twelve, K State's in contention to win the Big Twelve. And if Malik Knowles is a first team Big Twelve player, I think that that means that Skylar Thompson is throwing more than six hundred yards, more than what he did last year. Yeah, that's a good point. There you go. I think that's yeah. a given. Yeah, it all came back together in the final question. <laughs> From. Purple Pancho Villa, and he's also got this set of a set of questions here, similar to Contra Cat. Oh man! But we're not ranking anything. Oh, but so we're going to go through here. 
What side of the ball will be most improved from last season? Uh, the side with the laces. Um, uh, I think the offense will be, I have this strange growing confidence that the line is going to be better than what we saw last year. Like they're going to be more what this staff wants. I don't know. I, I, I just have a feeling things are going to come together more on the offensive side of the ball. I thought the defense was really good last year. So you're asking a lot to improve it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that if you want to see the for for the defense to improve more than the offense would take a lot more than what the offense would need to improve to beat what the defense potential improvement could be. I think that you know, you mentioned the offensive line. I think that there's the opportunity that they have to be really improved even though they're very unknown. Um and a lot of question marks there. I think that um the offense gives I think the offense has a lot of room to improve. Uh, can I phone O'Reilly Gates? Oh, boy. Man, he's just falling apart. He's just falling apart. All he wants to do nowadays is sit at home and do uh, nothing and deliver pizzas in the evening. That's it. He's totally checked out of everything else. Are we Are we calling the bullpen? I don't know. Do what we need we, a reliever? I don't know. <laughs> he's just had. You know what? He's trying not to make anyone mad because he's going to be called to account for the Tyler Lockett nonsense coming up real fast. And he's just like, I'm the new guy. I'm cute and cuddly. Don't be mad at me. That's what he's playing right now. It's a con, people. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I'm in <Got> danger. <laughs> Got my bluff. Uh, what position group will be the most improved from last season? That's hard. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say quarterback. I think Skylar Thompson will be the most improved player this mm, year. Well, that'd help a lot. That would help a lot. I would hope. Yeah. Um, that I'm gonna go tight end, fullback, the H back thing. You know, I think that group, that pairing, will be much better. I think Leonard's will be. Trimmed down, healthier, stronger, back from his knee, and then you know he has some real competition now at tight end, and everyone that plays fullback is going to have more experience in the system. Um, is he there? Is he? He is there. Is he alive? What other lifelines does he have? My God, he's out of lifelines. <laughs> All he has is like cinder blocks tied a, to his ankle at this point. Do you need a fifty-fifty? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> I'll go uh, offensive line, like you said earlier, Fitz. They could uh, definitely That'd be a good sign. Improve. Do you need a snack, Gills? Do you need to go get some like no, uh, Gillis- <laughs> Twinkies, a little sugar rush, little Debbies? Ooh, those would be good. Yeah. How about a pizza? A pizza. My God. You know what's going to be funny is when Gills comes back and we see him for the first time, he's going to weigh 370 pounds. We won't even recognize him. Hi, guys. I deliver pizza. And it's a question asked about desserts. You're going to let me answer it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fitz is going to be like, you're talking to me about my weight? <laughs> 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 Moving on. Sleeper contributor we don't know yet on defense. By the way, that'd be a good screen name for someone who needs a screen name, Sleeper Contributor. Um, that, that would be a good one. 
I think that Khalid Duke will be. That's a good answer. Will be. I, I wouldn't call him a sleeper, but he kind of emerged last year. I think that he's going to be a big player this season. I'm going to have to pass. I can't think of anyone. Khalid Duke. You can use a lifeline. To one of my dogs, they don't know the players. I'm not Colin Riley. His answer would be Ponca City. Um, we'll get into that on the overtime. I <laughs> <laughs> just just mixed our our podcast right there. Uh, no, I don't know. It, probably some corner safety that is off my radar right now because I'm in a pandemic brain. Then the next one, a sleeper contributor we don't know yet on offense. Probably, probably Briley Moore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Think, I don't know if you can call him a sleeper though, because there's a lot of you know buzz going on around with him. Yeah. I guess what I mean by sleeper is um, new contributor hasn't played for K State. I think. Yeah. Maybe sleeper is the wrong word because you know who he is. You know what he's capable of. Um, He's familiar enough, especially with, you know, Skylar Thompson um, and them reuniting. But we we don't really know him. So that's kind of why I go with that answer there. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe a running back because and we'll we'll ask this, I think, in the second half of which running back will emerge. But. You know, you've got Joe Irvin and Jacardia Wright. So, you know, one of them could be, you know, which one of those. And, and again, we will get into this, which one will become, you know, the bell cow, so to speak. But I think that, you know, with replacing Jordan Brown, replacing James Gilbert, Harry Trotter's still there. But I think that he's going to kind of maintain his role kind of as that third option there. Yeah. So uh, we'll just kind of have to see where that one goes. For defense, I'll go uh, AJ Parker as my my sleeper pick. How's he and a sleeper? He's a starter. He's well. We all know about him, according to Mr. Zach. But that's <laughs> that's not really I the. I don't know what Gills is up to today. Are you high? Are you high? No, no I'm not. I'll go offense. I'll go Joaquin Gill. Is that acceptable, or am I going to get on blast for that one as well? That's fine. No, that's fine. There we go, because he's kind of taking a backseat to Knowles and Youngblood. So as far as the you know hype goes and stuff like that, so is that my first correct answer of the day? Yeah, that's fine. It's defendable. <laughs> uh, the last one from Purple Poncho Villa. Will Willie have to wear a mask during games this fall? <laughs> oh, that's that's legit, and that would be funny. The problem with that is it would cover up his how he sees people. Isn't that thing already a mask in itself? Yeah, so is he talking the guy inside Willie or actually Willie? I don't mean, know. Is the guy inside of Willie? Oh, Willie's not real? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, kids. My bad. My bad. If Willie's there, will they have cheerleaders at the games? And what cheers will they be leading for exactly. no one? That's the questions we need to be. Potentially no one. You know what I think I want to do is I want to get that photo of uh, Travis Oaks ripping Eric Crouch's head off with a face mask and put that on a face mask. Like an ironic photo to put on a face mask that you can wear to protect yourself from the virus. 
the face mask, face mask. Oh, like kind of like all like the team ones that they've printed up and they've made. Yeah, but just the, that picture. Yeah, just that photo of yeah. him ripping his head off by grabbing his face mask and use that on the face mask. That's the best legal play ever in football history. No, oh, it is great. They're still bitter. You know, they would have they would have won the game and national title and the Super Bowl and the Olympics if that hadn't happened. From Adam K sixty three, will the elimination of satellite and on campus camps this summer hurt K State for their twenty twenty one recruiting class? Satellite as my Dave Matthews tribute. Um yeah, it will. I mean, I don't know if it'll hurt the class, but it hurts their ability to evaluate. Those are really important things to the staff. They want to. That's how you find sleepers. Find the people that everyone else misses. You get them into your camp. You see them with your own eye. You can give them directions how they respond. Do they improve over that time you're with them? And you offer them scholarships, and they don't have that. So I, I think it will have an impact. It, whether it impacts the class overall, maybe they do a marvelous job adjusting and. It doesn't really. And would we know if it impacted the class? I mean, would we know they would have had a better or worse class if they'd had those available? So, But it does suck for a program like Kansas State. I think it hurts. But at the same time, nobody else is having their camps either. So I feel like the playing field is somewhat leveled there. I think that it hurts K-State from a, you know, a get them in, you know, show them the goods um, and be able to kind of sell them there on campus, but, um, you know, it's a pretty level playing field as far as trying to find, find the sleepers, find who's going to complete your class. It'll be interesting to see. Last question of the first half from Salt Hawk Cat. Welcome back. It's been a while. How impressed are you with the current commits in the 2021 recruiting class? And all but one of them are in the top thousand players. And Salt Hawk Cat thinks that Kleiman seems to be solving solving the depth issue pretty quick. But is he? Are you, are we concerned with the lack of offensive linemen in the class? Yeah, they they need to beef up the lines. You know, they you kind of go through cycles here. What you know, what it looks like to me is they got some receivers, and then they were able to go out and tell the receivers that they still wanted. Hey, we're down to one slot in this class. Either you take it, or someone else is going to take it. So that's kind of how recruiting goes. When there's it's almost like the draft, when there's a rush on positions, people jump in and I want to go to Kansas State. I kind of want to look around, but I really want to go to Kansas State. Okay, if you're about out of spots, I'll go ahead and take it. So um, they do have a lot more work to do. I really like the fact that they're adding size across the board at receiver, size and speed, and getting getting back to the standards you really need to have. They've they've gotten away from you know K State always had the small fast guy. Uh, but it also had some pretty good players out there at times. But they just kind of had tweeners at receiver recently, and now it's time to maybe get those bigger guys they want that can block downfield, or or uh, you know everyone will fit a role. I like it so far. Quarterback's good. Still a lot of work to go. A lot of progress to be made. I think it's it's good so far, and I. I've- Personally, I'm not really concerned with the lack of offensive linemen. You know, maybe you should have one or two by now. But I feel like I feel like linemen is one of those positions where you can still find guys as time gets as it gets later. You know, closer to the to, to the fall season. You know, even into the fall possibly. So I don't know if I'm really concerned there. But it is impressive that all but one are in the top thousand players. If you math that out. 
Um, obviously, that's not the rankings right now. But if, you know, there's 25 players per class, you know, that puts K-State's players all, you know, pretty much top 40. So as far as teams go, if you put them all into teams. So really, really pretty good there. Okay. That's it for the first half? That's it for the first half. Man. Gills, you were... Hopefully next half is better. Yeah, you you saved up. I mean, I, let's be honest. Uh, you are ready for a big second half because <laughs> you uh, got in early foul trouble and uh, took some time on the bench. And you know what? You rested up and you're ready to go for the second half. And we'll be back after this short break with more of the Power Cat Questions podcast sponsored by Fritz Wholesale Liquor. Stay locked in. The Power Cat podcast will be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions podcast sponsored by The Fridge. Get into The Fridge, go to The Fridge, order on their app, order on their website. Fridge, 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 fridge. Where does William Perry buy his liquor? The fridge. I think that was probably an illegal endorsement. I just gave the fridge. Sue me, William Perry. You big fridge-like guy. I uh, I miss the high-low. I'm not even sure they're open. Guys, I don't leave my house. But I do pledge to everyone I will get to the high-low whenever I can. So we're ready for a question to by station, or did everyone hang up? I'm here. I don't think I'm ready for it. We're waiting on you. You got to send it to me. (laughs) And now, get ready. Your questions from all of our station are coming because Zach is going to read them and I'm going to answer them. And Gills is going to just totally take over this segment. It's going to be epic. He's going to be Michael Jordan in the final minutes of a game. Awesome. Zach, go. But did he have food poisoning or was it the flu? Oh, anyway, from a, KNED. It was bad pizza, I can from, tell you that. <laughs> from KNED, uh, many issues have been raised about advantages of those getting some spring practice, et cetera. But is the biggest variant to the season going to be about program culture and finding out which coaches only talk the talk versus ones that walk the walk? It seems programs with players dedicated to getting their training done will carry the dated will carry the day this season. I, I like the question. I mean, I think any program with good young or good player leadership is going to benefit because they're, you know, peer pressure. People into doing their stuff from home. I think the programs at the biggest disadvantage would be like Baylor that have a brand new coaching staff and we're needing the spring 
and the summer to be together to establish that culture. You don't have a culture yet. You've you've just shown up on campus and taken over and had some meetings. Maybe Baylor got in spring practice. I don't know. But you don't really have a chance to fully establish your culture when all of a sudden everyone's gone for three months or whatever it's going to end up being. I don't know. I I think uh, the more established your program is, the better your your, uh, student-athlete leadership is, uh, the better position you're in to succeed in the fall. I don't know. I hope that K-State – you know, all the players have been, you know, working as hard as they would have uh, at home as they would have at, you know, on campus. But part of me just feels like there's going to be some programs that are just going to kind of fall off a little bit this year. Maybe not Alabama or Clemson, but just some of those com- competitors. I feel like at least one of them that should be a top 10 team, top 10, 15 team, you know, that's not named Michigan or Texas because they'll do whatever they want regardless of perception. But, you know, I feel like there's going to be some teams that are going to be unexpectedly bad this year. And I think that there's there's opportunities for teams, you know, perhaps K-State, you know, teams like that that may may be good. But if they were disciplined enough to get their work done on their own, it could make the it could be advantageous come the fall. That's right. Zach Carlson just predicted Oklahoma will go four and eight in 2020. Back to you. Would we be mad, though? No. no, and, and I can see that. Someone, I don't know, Oklahoma, but someone that um, you expect to be a conference contender for their conference title pops up and goes 5-7, and seven, doesn't make a bowl. I can see it. It's a weird year. I like what you said. Oh, boy. Excuse me. Ooh, you haven't talked like for so you, long. That... <laughs> <laughs> I like what you said, Fitz, about the culture and stuff like that. Um, you're going to see that in, in Baylor and, and schools like that. But I think the biggest thing is you're going to find out what schools, you know, the players at these schools recruit, um, the quality of those young men. Um, it's on them right now to go work out and, and get in their own basement or wherever and, and get in shape. And physically, you know, on the field, um, you know, players are just going to be flat out tired and exhausted and fatigued. The ones that didn't work out and the ones that did um, late in the games are going to prevail. So you'll, you'll find it out, you know, on the field when, when games hopefully knock on wood when they can, you know, when they arrive. But we're going to find out, you know, who the real competitors are and the ones that kind of just took this time to play video games and not prepare their bodies for football. I'm in that category, by the way, not prepared for football. Play a bunch of video games. Not really, but uh, yeah, I'm just not ready to play college football. I know, I know, people find that surprising that I'm not ready to play, uh, but I'm not, I'm not in the best shape of my life. I'm not in game shape right now. Okay, I'm just playing it all, all out there. There you go. Next question is from Thundercat, and I alluded to this in the first half. But which running back do you see emerging as the bell cow? Hey, uh, Gills, do you understand the phrase bell cow? In context, I think I get it, but no. Okay, yeah. I mean, the, the, the cow that leads the herd has a bell. Ah. It follows. Uh, I don't know. I I have a feeling if I had to pick someone, which I do, that's the point of the podcast, I'd go with Joe Irvin. I think he's got something special about him. They really kind of wanted to go ahead and play him more, I think. But I think Joe Irvin's going to be the guy. I do. I agree. I think Joe Irvin's going to be your starter. And then 
Jacardia Wright's going to be the number two that goes in right after. Um, who knows if they'll do the same thing. Last, last year, the first three series of each game was pretty much James Gilbert for the first series, Brown for the second one, Harry Trotter for the third. I think that Harry Trotter is going to maintain his role being that third option. And I think that whether it's Wright, whether it's Irvin that, that are the number one, I think that there's clear separation that they are one and two, and Harry Trotter will be a situational number three. My question is, what happens with Thomas Grayson and Clyde Price? Do they stay at running back, or do they shift them to other positions? I'm just not sure. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do, because if they do, I mean, they still have Tyler Burns um, listed on the roster, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, they get pretty thin at running back after that, but do you move someone around? I like Joe Irvin a lot. I like Jacardia Wright an awful lot, but I think they'll be a good one-two combination. But I'm going Irvin as the main guy. The ceilings for Irvin and Wright are definitely very high, but um, they're going to be young and experienced. So I, I agree. I don't think Kerry Trotter's got much that he can prove to us. We've seen what he can do, but um, with him being the senior there in the backfield, I think he's definitely going to get his fair share of carries. But I'm not disagreeing you know, with you guys at all. I think Irvin and Wright will definitely step up here. Now, kind of a different question. Would you con- – I mean, obviously we would consider James Gilbert the bell cow for last year. But do you think that someone will emerge more as a leader than James Gilbert did? Do you think that I do. the carries will – do you think the percentage of carries for the number one will differ a lot more than – Gilbert's carries compared to Brown and Trotter. I think Joe Irvin has the ability maybe to be more of a 67, 70% running back instead of the kind of switching they did throughout the game and season. I mean, maybe he's going to get 70% and the other guys will split up to the other 30. I'm not sure. From Gato Blanco in Mexico, can you provide a prediction of who will start where along the offensive line mm. if the roster stays the same as it is today and what are your expectations of their individual or collective performance well we know noah johnson will be the center i mean they yeah that's the lock they absolutely absolutely love him um i think dawson del forge the junior college transfer from Migo, went to butler will be in there uh, the the question you got to have is what are they going to do with the tackle spots and and you know well you have Josh Rivas too will he be a tackle guys it's just a really 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 interesting thing they got going on now my sleeper along the offensive line is Logan Long has moved to tackle the tight end he's changed to number seventy one he's an offensive lineman now I think he's got the ability to be really really good in that. In that role, but uh, and of course uh, Cooper BB. There's just a, there's a lot. Of, it's so unknown. I, we don't have spring p- football. It's this is what it gets really difficult. The one thing that makes me think that they feel a lot better about this than maybe they did at the end of last season is they never did go find that offensive tackle. They clearly wanted one in the recruiting class, and they never solved it. And they haven't really shown an inclination to go ahead and find someone, a transfer or roll the dice on a Juco guy. Maybe they've decided that they had that guy all along, uh, the kind of the new body in there, and 
it was Logan Long. They decided we're going to move you over, and you're the guy. So I don't know. I, I th- I, I'd like to put everyone in a position, but it's, there's just too many moving parts with that. Without a spring football, it's really, really difficult. It's just going to be pure guesswork. Yeah, I'm on the roster right now. So do you think Cooper Beebe is, you know, a possibility at one of those five five slots? If we're, if we're going to go Noah Johnson and Josh Rivas locks, who would you put, regardless of position, do you think would be fill out the final three? Cooper Beebe, I think it's a lock. I absolutely do. Um, and in a perfect world, that'd be your interior package right there, those three guys. That's a pretty good interior. Um. And be, but they're just uncertain to tackle, so I think one of those guys might slip out. You got Katori Levinson, who's a possibility. Ben Adler is someone, and I mentioned Dawson Del Forge. And if he plays, he's a guard. That means one of the other guys is moving out. So that'd be my mm-hmm. guess. Del Forge moves into one of the guard spots. BB hops out to a tackle, and then someone like Levingston or Long um, steps into that other tackle spot. I don't know. I. I do remain a little mystified. They never went out and found that other tackle. They never really went and got someone else out there, but they didn't. They didn't. They're going to roll the dice with what they got. This question's also from Gato Blanco. I'm going to say in Mexico because it just sounds better than Mexico. So you're going to be in Mexico from now on. Uh, What? And this is mostly for Fitz. What is the story of Walter Payton to the Cats and how that fell through? And he had heard that he was actually moving to campus when it fell through, but he knows that recruiting coverage was not anywhere close to what it is today, so the answers might be hard to come by. Yeah, I'm not sure about what if he was moving to campus or just coming up on a recruiting visit. I think moving to campus. I think he got on the bus. The bus stopped in Jackson, Mississippi home of Jackson State University, and apparently their coaches were there waiting, got him off the bus, and he never left. He never made it to Kansas. They commenced him to stay. That's just the version I know. I'm too young to know the full version of that. It's a great story. Has he ever talked about it? Has he ever confirmed anything? Uh, Not that I know of. Okay. So this could all just be made up. Yeah. Okay. You know, it could be the the 1970s version of Vince Young was really considering K-State all the way up to signing the moment he signed. You know, it could be just... Wait, is that story true or no? I don't believe... Vince Young thing? I believe some of the K-State coaches thought it was true, uh, but I don't know that it was ever really true. We had coaches telling us all the way up to signing day that they felt like there was a chance Vince would sign with Kansas State. Interesting, because that's the kind of, that's kind of the other story. You know, when you talk about Walter Payton coming to K State, the other one you think of is Vince Young and those stories. So, kind of interesting to talk about and think about. Well, Daniel Thomason supposedly fell asleep in a meeting with Bill Snyder. So oh, Coach lulled him to sleep, and Coach didn't want to sign him then. But yeah. I mean, the all-time greatest is Barry Sanders. That that story is my favorite because a, a friend of mine is that comes from him. When Stan Parrish came back from looking at the kid in Wichita who nobody had offered a scholarship to, and he, he told my buddy who worked in the athletic department at the time, bit too small, step too slow, not going to offer him a scholarship. Barry Sanders got a scholarship offer from Oklahoma State. So, Man. I know. Long, long live Stan Parrish. Uh. Uh. 
Moving on. Email Wildcat82. With the south end zone project in progress, will our newly updated sound system be complete for September 5th? Seems like we need that to compensate for less butts in the seats, or will it be just as loud since we'll be so excited just to see a real game in person? Uh, it's supposed to be ready for the season. I mean, the boards and the sound system go together. Yeah. That's all supposed to be in place, so yeah. And I'm not convinced there won't be full access to the stadium. I'm I'm not convinced that we're going to have limited crowds. I've been telling people this. If we get on the a month on the other side of these demonstrations where large crowds of people have been packed together, wearing masks, mind you, um, and shouting and yelling and sweating and doing all the things you do in that kind of environment, we don't see a surge in in infections. I'm not I don't see why you can't have you know crowds available at games. It's the same kind of principle. We're not seeing surges out of things that we thought might we might, so I'm not so sure. It'd be come at your own risk. Yeah. And I think a lot of people won't go just because of the risk. So I, I don't think it'll be a packed house, but I, I think we might be getting closer to that if we don't see a surge in infections in these cities where large crowds have gathered, not socially distant, been yelling, been around each other, um, been active. And if they, we don't see spread, why can't you have an audience at a football game? Well, there was an Oklahoma State player today that announced that he – contracted coronavirus after he went to a a protest recently yeah, but so i don't he, know if, did he or did he knows? have it before and it's now showing up i mean it's like an exactly. incubation period so it's hard to tell when you actually get it i think what i'm saying is i think we got to get a good two weeks down the road when right. everyone that would be infected would be infected by then yeah back to him you know whether he caught it at a protest or not, if he didn't catch it there, he was certainly infecting people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If, if he had it before then. So, you know, it's kind of you don't really know until, you know, I guess. But it, it's interesting to me. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if we do get on the other side of this. We say, hey, you know, if we're wearing masks, you know, and we're around other people and there isn't really that much increase in infection, I could see you know, perhaps stadiums start opening up. But um, it'll be interesting to see these schools like Iowa State, I think, announced that they were reducing their capacity, maybe some others uh, around yeah. the country doing less. It'll be interesting to see if they hold with that or if they try to expand and add more people into the seats. So I think that a lot of people have shown their hand and a lot of people like K-State, they haven't really said anything. They're just kind of We'll play it by ear. We'll see. We'll make that decision when we get there. Um, it'll be interesting to see if anybody reverses course and decides to add more seats. I agree with all that, and hopefully we can get football with fans. But you know, like you said, Iowa State announced they'd only have half capacity, and you would hope that if there are some you know positive things that come out of these protests and stuff, then and you know in regards to the, the number of cases, then you would hope that they would be flexible and look at the numbers and then take away those restrictions. But I know that Iowa State, it was just reserved for um, the season ticket holders. And I believe there wouldn't be any students there. I don't know if I'm correct on that. Do you know, Zach? I don't know if that's correct. I would hope not. That seems very bad to have 
college football and say, oh, yeah, the students that go to school here, you can't go to the games. But the people yeah. that pay a whole bunch of money that used to go here can come to games. So I don't That's if, if that is the case, that's a very bad look. So I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd have to look into that. But I doubt it doesn't it. make sense. You know, 60,000 or 30,000, like you're, there's going to be infections or there's just not going to be many infections you know, straight up. Um, I think it's, in my opinion, it should be an all or nothing. You got no fans, or you've got everyone that wants to come can come. So I'm that's kind just of, what I think. I'm kind of with you on that. I'm, I'm too. I, we're either going to do this or not. And yeah. picking and choosing winners and losers, I'm not sure how you pull that off. I know this. If I'm paying for a suite, I'm going to be in my suite. You know, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. paying a licensing fee, and I help build this suite. I'm going to be in my suite with my friends and we can determine who's in there and we can hold each other accountable. But I think those areas will be full. I don't see how they won't be. Those people pay too much money. That's where a lot of the revenue is not Mm -hmm. in student sections or, you know, general ticket sales. From Contra cat. Do you have any idea what a socially distanced press box would look like? Will this mean less total media? And would there be more outlets interested with less uh, on-site fans, or would they spread you out into new areas? I'm not giving if, up if, my seat next to Fritchin. He's he's my cuddle buddy. Uh, if there are no fans, I could definitely see more media trying to come to games. Uh, I mean, it would it, it really would be like uh, a KUK State basketball game. I know that a lot of you guys might not be, you know, listeners might not be familiar with how that setup is but literally every station in kansas city every station in wichita uh, obviously the topeka stations come but they come to pretty much every game as it is but it's a madhouse the number of people that feel like they need to be at this game um cramped into a tiny space in a bramlage closet i could see a lot of media fringe media perhaps that might be media, might not be. They might have a blog. They might have a podcast trying to get stuff. But I think that credentials are going to be very heavily scrutinized if there's a limited number of fans, uh, especially if they don't allow fans at all. I mean, I don't get one. You're you're going to be no, uh, means- you're going to pilot the drone, but but it won't really be a drone. <laughs> you're actually going to be piloting it. So we're going to get one big enough for you to ride on. <laughs> uh, verified and established media outlets will continue to get their access i think i don't think that anything's going to change on that i don't think they're going to limit limit credentials you know if you've had so many credentials or whatever for you know as long as you've had i think that you'll be fine it'll be you know small town paper in southwest kansas that has never covered a game ever trying to get credentials and maybe you're like yeah probably not not legit there well, if there's no fans, why not just spread every media member all across the stadium? Yeah. It's possible. Could work. I could see a lot of people being really upset that they're outside. You know, there, there's also the possibility, guys, that you mentioned KUK State. I thought you were going with the Allen Fieldhouse games where there's not enough room in the arena for the media, so they actually watch oh. in the media room. I mean, is it sure, possible they I mean, would. That's a good example, yeah. They would show if there's additional media they would show the game in the team meeting room where we have the post-game press conference 
and you can be in there to watch the game and then be there for whatever kind of press conference we have? I don't know. These are all great yeah. ideas brought to you by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And then Concert Cat also asks, do you think credentialing for away games will be significantly different than before? And be. will you have staff at all games? Uh, uh, if they let us, we'll be there. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be there I'll if be it's there. Uh, Fritch and Zach are going everywhere. Gills will hop on board if it's close by or, or Michael Goins. Um, I don't know. Um it's intriguing. Are they going to limit the number of people in press boxes? And if they do, it'll probably be fewer seats for visiting media. But in you know our scenario, it'd be Fritz would be the only one from us in the in the press box, and and uh, Zach would be down on the field shooting videos. So I think we'd be okay. And who knows how they'll handle field access too? They might. Mm, good point. Yeah, they might yeah, restrict that a bit. But then again, you have a lot of you have a lot of photographers. You need people like. People do cover the game, and they need the access to the field. So I, I don't think that that would be a terrible issue. But on the on the topic of away games, just like you know, the like K State, they'll check every you know home media outlet that's from the area. You know, they know they know who we are. And when I say we, people that are in the media, in the K State media, people that you know are established around Kansas and locally. Um, you know, I don't think that the traveling contingent would be any different, uh, for, for games compared to what it's been in the past. You know, we've always gone to games. Kelly Chabonet always goes to games. Ryan Black will be at games, but really that's pretty much it. You know, it's max 10 people on a given road game. So it's for, at least for visiting media, um, Plus, plus K-State will vet everybody that's applying for a credential. You know, they'll send the list back and like, hey, this is your media list. Is this Are all these people good? And they'll be like, yeah, that's good. That's who we're expecting. So I don't really see any problems. Yeah, I don't either. This is the last question of the podcast. The one you have all been waiting for. Riley Gates asks. That guy. Ooh, Riley Gates. That guy. And there will be some other comments here, too, that I'll get into. Um, Riley Gates asks, I don't want to put Ryan Gilbert on blast. But he's going to put you on blast. Attention to his opinion <laughs> of controversy. But I would like to give him a chance to defend his statement. In another thread, he said, Tyler Lockett, this is the quote, Tyler Lockett was always a little overrated. Riley would like you to explain why you feel that way. And he mentioned that you mentioned that uh, his drop against Auburn was bad. He had a bad game. And, but that was that he had a bad game. That was pretty much the only mistake he made. Plus, if you're looking for a scapegoat, Jack Cantelli missed three field goals that game that, yep. that could have changed the game. And also Kaned did mention that he said that um, then that you would have been what four yeah, fourteen or fifteen year olds years old at the time, and I think you know that that's you know probably a good um argument there but also let me find this thundercat i did not write this down so i'm reading this straight from the thread uh defend this in locker and lockett's final season in 2014 he cemented his legacy as a big 12 legend had 106 catches for 1515 yards and 11 touchdowns returned 18 kickoffs 362 yards 
and then 21 punts for 402 yards and two touchdowns. He was a first-team All-American, All-Big 12, won the Jet Award, and was named the Big 12 Athlete of the Year in 2014, in the 2014-15 scholastic year. That's just his senior year at K-State. So it's all yours, Ryan Gilbert. Well, first of all, the context of me saying that was um, the best basketball recruit and best football recruit that you know we've had. And for that year, it was Lockett and Thomas Gibson. And I simply said that Gibson was fine, and I always thought Lockett was overrated. So I do apologize that this has caused, you know, <laughs> so much controversy around Joe Powercat. I mean, I loved Lockett. Like, don't get me wrong. I was a fan when we won the Big 12 in 2012. And, you know, I've I've been a fan of – or 2013. I've been a fan of K-State for my whole life. So that 2015 game against Auburn is not the only thing that I remember him for. It's really not. Um, shout out to K-Ned, whoever that was, who tried to defend me. I appreciate that. But – I've been a K-State fan my whole life. So I, you know, I do apologize if I did offend anyone and I don't want to be someone that comes onto this website and just spits hot takes at you all the time. But I, at the same time, I don't think Lockett was really like uh, the best ever. And we can disagree on that. All we want. You can, I, gen, a question for you guys, genuinely just asking, was he the leader in targets like ever for K-State? Or is someone else leading him in that? I don't know that stat. I have no idea. I don't know like that stat. We could ask someone, Scott. Yeah, he'd probably know that. <laughs> someone who takes the most shots is obviously going to score the most points. Whoever gets the most passes thrown to them is going to have a lot of those numbers. And that's not to take away from, you know, anything he did. But, you know, you look at Chris Harper or a guy like that, you know, they were great wide receivers for K-State as well um, in their time at K-State. So Lockett was great. I don't want to say he's not but i always just thought that he was a little bit overrated i you can disagree with me all you want on that but i just i, I feel that way that's your opinion so okay yeah that's your opinion but also if tyler lock if you think tyler lock overrated who i guess in your time watching k-state football who would you put above tyler lockett as far as best k-state wide receivers yeah i don't know if there is anyone so that's a great point but as far as my favorite athlete, I would put Colin Klein at number one. But Lockett's obviously had a far more you know, successful career in the NFL, so he gets a lot more recognition, and his name is still brought up. So, And that, that's totally fine, but for me, Colin Klein would be you know, that, that answer to your question if it was for any position. No, I'm, I was asking wide receiver. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. would, you put, I, would you put Chris Harper above Tyler Lockett? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned him. Yeah, I wouldn't put him. Um, he was only here for one or two years, right? Yeah. So I don't think there's, from Morgan. there's no way you could do that. I, I agree. Like, there is no wide receiver that is above Lockett. But also, you look at his family history, that just kind of adds more hype around his name. Um, so if he was great, I'm not trying to say he wasn't, but maybe if he was not as good, people would remember him to be better just because of his family history of K-State. I'm not, I'm not I think that, that, but I think that's actually a, I think that's a fair argument. The Kevin and Aaron's le legacy gave Tyler um, a leg up as far as perception goes, but yeah. he also he did live up to it. I think he did. Yeah, I'm and not maybe sure I say he, he didn't. Yeah, but I think that that's that's a good 
you know, a good argument to have there that his family, the family name, the Lockett name helped him out. It'll be interesting to see where his, his brother goes. I think he's a sophomore this year, junior this year. Sophomore, I think. So, sophomore. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, I think it's, it's Sterling, right? Mm-hmm. That, that the name Sterling. It'll be interesting to see how Sterling does. And if he, you know, if he gets a lot of offers from a lot of big places and if he considers going away from the, the family school. So, but yeah, I think, I think if, if you want to, if you want to use that as, as a basis of the, of the, of an argument that Lockett may have had a leg up, I think that that's fair to say. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, not trying to say he wasn't great because he was great. But. I, I don't agree with your opinion, but it's your opinion. And I'm glad that uh, Riley Gates was able to ask that question because uh, nobody ever disagreed with Riley. Never. So, every take Riley had, everyone was on board. Is that it for the podcast? That is that is it. That is it. We appreciate you listening. We'll, of course, we'll have the overtime coming up on Friday. This was a day later. We're a little out of whack this week because of scheduling the Life of Fitz podcast. But if you haven't listened to Mo Mack, Maurice Mack, a great safety for Kansas State, although he said he was pretty average. Oh, talk about bad takes. Listen to the Maurice Mack uh, chat I had with him on the Life of Fitz podcast. He's great. We talked a lot about current events, and he also got into Ron Prince. And in some ways, what he didn't say was awfully telling about what he thought about Ron Prince. But he also didn't hold back. So we keep on podcasting. Everyone be safe out there. Uh, don't loot. Go Powercat if you're ever in town. Don't loot it because you'll end up stealing coffee from Fritchin and it'll just get ugly. And I'll have to replace it for him. Newbie, go get me more coffee. You've been listening to the Powercat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.